Hi guys, welcome back to Punting Losses. I'm your host, Harley. Um, just changing the intro up a little bit this week, just trying a few new things. Um, today's podcast, it's been uh, almost 10 days, just over a week, since the NBA lottery. So we kind of now know where the teams are picking, um, and it kind of helps us identify team needs um, relative to uh, draft position. So looking to wrap our heads around where players are likely to end up. Um, so let's get to it. Just to note as well, this is just a mock draft. Um, so if you're looking for a comp- comprehensive dynasty ranking for this draft, this isn't quite it. I'll have something a lot more um, relevant for you guys once these guys have been picked. I mean, exactly what their their situation is and what the team around them looks like. So first, lucky, lucky team here. Um, Spurs once again you get a get a generational big man here um, and obviously they're going to take Victor Wembanyama pretty obvious pick here uh, nothing changes so we can skip a long to pick two with Charlotte um, on the clock here so there's a bit of a divide happening at the moment where uh, I'd probably say 80% of of analysts and, and experts and um, the community in whole, I guess, are saying that Charlotte are probably going to take Scoot. That's what they should do. He is the best player available. The fit isn't terrible. And um, that's just what they should do. I'm in the other uh, band camp, the other camp. Um, the other option here for them is to take Brandon Miller. And I I like that option. Um, I think both Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson can work. Um, there's no reason that Scoot doesn't end up at Charlotte. He's not a, he's not a bad fit or anything like that. I just think they're, they're going to want to take someone who doesn't interfere at all um, and take the ball out of their hand at all with their, their best play at the moment at Lamelo Ball. In terms of dynasty, though, it, it does change. Um, well, unless you need threes, free throw percentage, um, and rebounds you're taking Scoot number two uh, almost every single time. I think the the fantasy profile for Scoot is amazing, um, and he has a very high ceiling as well. With his athleticism, um, the help he can give you for assists as well as scoring is massive, and I think um, overall he kind of suits fantasy a lot more than what Brandon Miller does. Um, but here for Charlotte in this mock, I think... Like I said, this is my opinion, and there's the other side of the coin here is that they take Scoot, but I think they take Brandon Miller here. Um, wings are what you need in the NBA right now, tall wings that can shoot, and that's exactly what Brandon Miller is, um, and he's the best at that in this draft. So I think, yeah, I think that's who they're going to take here. Uh, so next we have uh, Portland picking, and to be honest, I... I won't be surprised if this pick isn't with Portland on draft day um, or the pick is traded during during the draft. They've already said that they're pretty much, unless it was pick one um, or maybe two, they were going to be... Actually, no, I think they just said if it was pick one, they'd be keeping it, but anything else, they're looking to trade. So yeah, they're probably going to look to move off this tr- um, pick if they can find some value somewhere else. Um, if Charlotte take... Brandon Miller 
and Scoot's still on the board, these guys are going to be inundated with offers. So it's probably smart for them to either trade on draft night, depending on if Brandon Miller goes for Pauline or Scoot Henderson does. Um, that way they can kind of get last minute, the best offer is going to come through if they've got Scoot on the table still. Um, you kind of want to play the, the high demand uh, game here with teams. I think if I think if you're I think if you're looking to, to pick in this spot, it's obviously you take Scoot. But I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if um, if the pick's traded and someone else moves up. In terms of teams that can move up, um, I don't really have any book note here on which teams I think would do it. I think you'd have to have assets to give to to Portland. So someone like OKC who has like a million draft picks, I don't see them moving up to three because Portland needs uh, win now players and OKC currently offer that. They all have got his picks. So it'll be a team with some uh, potential stars. Potentially Brooklyn does something here, a little bit of a soft reset. Um, they've got a couple of pieces in there already. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be the the linchpin, uh, or one of the linchpins for how this draft kind of ends up going, is who's picked number two. If Portland keep their pick or not, um, is really going to determine, I guess, how this draft runs through. Um, in terms of his stats line, you guys are pretty comfortable with what he's providing here. Um, great points, great assists, good steals, um, not really that many blocks or threes, and he does turn the ball over a little bit just because he's ball handling so much. Um, yeah, I think if you if you take him in Dynasty, you're going to be happy for a long time. Same with any of these top three guys, Brandon Miller, Victor. Um, yeah, he's just a great pick, so don't be scared of picking him, um, I think he should. You should probably still take him if you're in dynasty draft above Brandon Miller for sure. Um, but I think Brandon Miller will get picked on draft night before Scoot does. Uh, next here is the Rockets, and they're taking Armin Thompson. I think once again, like they're going to be really happy with with Armin falling. I say falling, but like they're not really missing out on anyone above them. Um, I mean, it's just a a really ball dominant player, really flashy passing. Um, Great steals, great blocks, can score, um, good percentage around the rim, um, like finishing, I guess. But you are lacking a lot of shooting with Armin. I think um, what he kind of provides in some of the the defensive numbers and the assists, you're you're losing that with threes and free throw percentage and and turnovers as well. Even um, he's one of the the Thompson twins that I'm really keen to see how they work in the NBA. Like I mentioned before. I am lower on them than most, um, but I still think Armin will be taken by the Rockets here. I am a little bit concerned with how he translates to the NBA coming from um, Overtime Elite. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't see this this pick being too troubling for the Rockets. I think it's pretty simple for them to take Armin. Um, they may even get lucky and have like a Brandon Miller or something fall to them. But at this position, I think you're taking Armin Thompson and really banking on his upside working out. Um, are you worried about his fit with the other um, ball-dominant players on the team, like Green or Porter, for example? I think those two guys, um, if Armin works out, those two aren't going to really impact him. There's um, a lot of upside in this Armin pick. So if he's your star of the future... 
I'm sorry, but green owners, you might you might be a bit of a trouble here. You might have to look to move that pick on um, or that player on at a high point. Um, look, he's still going to be a good player. Still scores, can get assists, um, can get steals. But yeah, I was never a huge believer in in green. And um, yeah, I think this Armand Thompson pick, if that happens, means the ball's going to be in his hands a lot less. Um, and yeah, it could be a bit troublesome for Green and Porter's usage rate and uh, upside. Uh, next up, pick five, we have Detroit. Um, and I like Cam Whitmore here for them. Um, they got really unlucky on draft lottery night, falling from, I think they had the best lottery odds, all the way down to the fifth pick. And um, <laughs> you'd like to say that they're, they're disappointed, but really... Really, when you uh, zoom out and look at the last few years, they've had a um, a stockpile of high draft picks come through into their system, and um, then you just need them to start gelling together and start moving forward. Ivy last year, they had Cade Cunningham in there. There are some really good players in their system. Um, Darren as well. And they, they don't necessarily need... Um, another ball-dominant player in there. So I think Cam Whitmore fits in quite well. Um, super high stealing still with his scoring ability. Um, isn't going to take the ball out of anyone's hands. Can just really fit into that system and become another option for them. Uh, next up, pick six. Um, we have the Magic. And it's a bit awkward for them in this position, to be honest. They would have loved Pierre land Brandon Miller. It would have fitted in really well with them. They kind of need shooting at the moment. They've got plenty of guards, um, a couple of good wings, uh, decent center. But yeah, they just need a little bit more shooting around some of these players. Um, I've got them taking Taylor Hendricks here because he can shoot threes okay. Um, I, I see him as um, kind of the best case fit for them here from what's available. At this point in the draft, if if they're wanting to take a really good shooter, the next opportunity they have is with their next pick at pick 11. Um, so there's kind of a few options they have down there. But for this position, I think the best player they can take, Taylor Hendricks, can score decently. Um, a, solid, uh, a solid shooter without being amazing. Um, and a, a good defender as well. Gets a lot of blocks. Um... Yeah, so I like this pick for them here. Next up, we have the Pacers. And I really like Jarris Walker coming in at number seven for them. Um, personally, I have Jarris a little bit higher on my own Dynasty big board, um, which will kind of change a little bit depending on where some of these players end up going. Um, but I think the fit in the Pacers is good here with Walker. You've got the point guard position covered for a a fair while here with uh, Hallie. So I don't really see anyone really wanting to come in and pick up another guard that's going to kind of contest him for possessions. They've got um, Matherin as their scoring wing or shooting guard, I guess you can call him. Um, they've also got Buddy Hield shooting off the wing as well. And I think they want to shore up some of this defense in the team. So they've got Moles Turner, obviously a great defender at center, only 27 still. And I think Jarris Walker coming in next to him um, will be taking over a lot of Jackson's minutes. I know 
we didn't get as many minutes, many minutes as we all hoped he would this year. Um, but I think kind of Jarrett Walker comes in and takes those minutes from Jackson and um, more as well. I think he he can definitely replace him. Has some great defense. Maybe not as high as uh, Jackson in terms of uh, block numbers and field goal percentage. But I think he brings a lot more skills to the table here. And they're kind of going to be licking their lips at getting a player of this caliber at pick seven. Um, this is a pretty deep draft. And you can you can just... You can tell by going down the list here, um, these next few picks aren't like, I don't know, they're not wild swings, hoping that everything kind of works out and you get lucky. Um, these picks are solid. Um, and like, you'd be happy taking Jarris Walker pick four and five in some situations, depending on how everything else falls down for you. Um, yeah, so happy with Jarris Walker here. Thinks he fits well with a team, great defense. Can shoot a little bit from three as well. Um, just struggles a little bit from the line. So next up here at pick, uh, I think it says eight. Yep, eight for Washington. Um, they're going to be pretty happy with this, to be honest. Um, I've got Osar Thompson as, as a pretty effective player here, to be honest. I'd be not a massive believer in him or his brother, to be honest. But I do believe that he is going to contribute heavily in a few categories here, especially assists, steals, and potentially blocks as well, depending on how active and how interested he is in that defensive end um, when it comes to the big boys. Um, I, th I think next to Beal, you kind of want someone who is happy to pass, and Osar Thompson is, is definitely that kind of guy. Um, and he isn't going to be the kind of guy jacking up shots, trying to make the play for the game winner every single week. Um and from what I've heard, the reports are that both him and his brother have great um, personalities as well. They're kind of, they're not, um, I don't know, they're not, they're not issues in the locker room, so to speak. Um, the the negative with Osar Thompson, similar to his brother, um, he's not quite as bad as a shooter as Armin. Um, a little bit better from the free throw line, but still really poor. And he does turn over the ball a lot. But I think for, for Washington, there's huge upside here. Like if, if the Thompson twins work out and he fell all the way to eight to Washington, they're going to be over the moon with this pick. He kind of sets them up for the future. Um, and I think they're going to be very happy with what he can bring as long as it all works out. If it turns out that, oh, hey, look, yeah, he dominated in the in the lower levels against younger opponents and really struggles in the NBA, I think you've still got something here with him. Um, you can work on his shooting. Still a very capable passer, um, and he comes a, a real cog in the machine, so to speak, with the team. And I think that's probably the worst outcome you can expect from Thompson, um, from Osar Thompson here. Um, but yeah, like I said, huge upside. And I think if you're Washington, you're absolutely over the moon if he slides all the way down to eight. Um, next up here, now, I had a few players that Utah can take here at nine. Um, I've gone with Anthony Black. I really love what he can bring. He's once another one of these players who I've got on my dynasty boards a fair bit higher than where he may potentially be taken if it's this low down. Um, the the knock on his game is his shooting. He's not really a, a great um, shooter um, or a, an amazing scorer for that matter as well. But what he is is a very high IQ um, offensive player and awesome on the defensive end. Um, a lot of people are saying that Anthony Black's the best perimeter defender in this class. Um, 
and I I tend to agree to be honest. He's he's just really smart. He's committed on defense. He isn't slacking off. Um, and I really like him as a player and, and also as a person. From what I've seen in interviews, he just seems like a good guy. Um, those high IQ players uh, are very valuable, not only for a locker room perspective, but um, obviously on the court as well. So I think they'd be pretty happy with this pick, Utah. Um, I think it kind of fits along well with what they need. They've got a fair few guards at the moment. Um, they've obviously got Sexton. Um, they've got Clarkson in there still, Jordan Clarkson. And uh, I've got THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, um, Chris Dunn's in there. But I see those guys more of more of your lead guard um, sort of players who are taking a lot of shots, kind of dominating the ball and the scoring. Um, and I think Black can play around those guys as well as the other scoring dominant guys in this team, like your your Larry Markinen. Um They've got Walker Kessler on there team as well, locking down the inside, so if you get black on the outside, you've really got a great combination for defense moving forward, and it kind of sets the tone for how this playing, or how this team, sorry, will will look to play as they as they grow older together. Um, next up here, so that was pick 9 for Utah, we've got pick 10 for the Mavs. Now, this is another pick that I think they might trade, um, there's a lot less insight here into what they're going to do exactly. I think it just going to depend a lot on who's available, who's falling, um, who they've got their eyes on that they might be able to snag at pick 10 because there's there's still some good guys in here that I like. Um, probably not as high ceiling as um, some of the picks above, but who I've got them taking here at pick 10, Kaysen Wallace, um, potentially is a high ceiling player. So I think he was a little bit muted in college. Um the system in Kentucky famously bad for guards and letting them shine. So there's a huge opportunity for him to really um, break free of his shackles, so to speak, and um, really start dominating in the NBA. And I think it starts with his defense. Awesome for steals. Great for blocks. Uh, also can pass the ball around a little bit as well. This system is a point guard, so you expect that from him. Isn't an extremely high assist player or wasn't in college. Um, potential for that to change as he gets more of the ball run through him, um, maybe not in this Mavericks system, but I think the Mavericks will definitely utilize his defense. Um, they've got Doncic in there, obviously. Um, they've got, I think, enough scoring options, and they will love Kaysen Wallace for the defense that he can bring. Obviously, they've got um, Kyrie in there as well. So the, the minutes are going to be pretty rough for him if he does fall to Dallas. Um, but I'm, I'm a still a big believer in him. If you've got patience and he ends up going to the, the Mavericks, um, it's still a good pick. But if you kind of need him to perform a little bit sooner, then this may not be the best spot for him and your team. Um, well, it may be the best spot for him, just learning off those guys and on scoring and a lot of the ball handling responsibilities that he can learn from them. But in terms of dynasty value and fantasy in general, this will limit his um, output, I think, for a while while he's on this team and while those guys are still there taking the ball. Um, next up, we've got the Magic's second pick. And if this works out, they'll be happy. Um, if they can get Grady Dick at 11, who I love as a prospect, um, he is exactly what they need. Wing, awesome shooter, maybe the best in the in the draft for shooting. Um not so great on the defensive end. I think he's a bit underrated there, though, to be honest. Um, he 
can provide some steals. It's more of like a, um, a, a fantasy skill set than it is a real life skill set getting steals sometimes. Um, so I think, yeah, the the reason you're drafting him is for his three-point shooting and his just scoring in general. Awesome slot-up shooter. Can take it off the bounce, off the dribble. Um, corner threes, um, handoffs. He can he can shoot everything. So I think they'll be loving this guy falling to... Uh, not necessarily falling to him at 11. Um, this is sort of around the range that I see him going. But he just fits so well with them that they would be very happy with this pick. Doesn't need the ball in his hands too much. Um really the impact he's going to be making is just with his shooting and his scoring. So yeah, very, very good fool for them to, to be able to pick him up here. Uh, this next pick is sort of high for for where he's getting picked at, but I think the fit is the important thing here. So OKC, my boys taking Derek Lively the second. Um, he's really one of the only centers in this draft to be honest. Um, obviously, you've got Victor at the top, but maybe you want him playing power forward for a little bit. I'm not sure how that works out. But yeah, Lively um, is a center, bona fide center. Um, sort of your your classic late rising blocking center in the draft. So same thing sort of happened last year with Walker Kessler, where he, he sort of slept on a little bit until almost draft day and the combine, I guess, where people are kind of waking up to this guy that's an awesome defender and has shown that throughout the season and people kind of weren't really aware to it. And then it kind of happens later on that people realize, oh shit, we we need someone who can block shots. We need a great defender. There's not a whole lot of those guys in here at the center position at all. So OKC really need that from someone. They're playing very short at the moment. Maybe that's scheme. Maybe that's just because they don't have anyone that they can put in that position. Um, but really like Derek Lively here. Um, doesn't need the ball in his hands. High field goal percentage just from how close he is to the rim when he is. Just doing putbacks, layups, dunks, whatever. Um, and yeah, awesome for steals. Amazing for blocks. And I think Raphael Barlow was saying in some of their scrimmages or after the... The, the day or at some point he was taking a lot of threes and he was impressed with how many he was making so there is an opportunity there that Derek Lively um, develops a three-point shot and that would work great with OKC as well really help space the floor give Shea room on the inside give Giddy room on the inside and yeah I think him and Giddy working together would be awesome I can see a lot of, a lot of lob threats um, a lot of dunks and even with Shea as well I think if he can get his three-point shot going, that would be awesome for them. Um, and I think I might just wrap it up there, to be honest, guys. Um, the the further down you go, the more you're you're sort of just guessing with who's going to fall and who's going to land where for which team. Um, yeah, I think Lively's kind of one of the last ones where I can say more confidently that he's a, a great fit for that team and he should be there around this point kind of further down these guys can shuffle around a fair bit um but yeah happy with how the top 12 is shaping out um with fantasy drafts either redraft or dynasty um it is very hard to um sort out a list or a ranking for these guys before you know where where they're going once the draft has actually happened it makes it worlds easier to do your drafts and 
and know for sure what you're drafting these guys into, what situation they're going to go into. So, yeah, that's, I guess, what we're waiting for now. Um, once we kind of know where these guys are going to land, then we get a much better picture of where we should rank these guys. Um, I dare say the, the top few won't really change too much unless there's a massive surprise, um, but it's more so probably from four all the way down. Uh, there's a lot of linchpins in there. They kind of change how the whole draft will shape up. So yeah, once we've got the real draft and the results are in, um, we will be able to do another episode and yeah, really break down the the new rankings, which will be what I go off for my draft and um, yeah, we'll take it from there. Just a note as well, guys, I've um, hopefully you've noticed the improvement in audio quality on this episode. Um, I'd like to say that I've become an audio engineer out of mastered how to make a podcast, but no, I've just used a technology from uh, Adobe to make things sound a lot better. So hopefully you guys can appreciate that as well. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll speak to you next time after the draft.